that theme song from Quantum uh-huh. Leap. That was a good song there. So anyhow, Scott Bakula, you see him, if you see him running around town today, you know, that looks like Scott Bakula. It's him. He's back in town. And why they let, why they missed out an opportunity to have a guy who is from St. Louis and who Incredibly knows, talented. and who knows how to sing and instead, you get, this, bless. you get this biatch yesterday oh, out no. there. A native of Warsaw, Wisconsin, this crossover country artist recently moved to St. Louis to continue her performing and recording career. See, right there, it make, it doesn't even make sense. She's from Warsaw, Wisconsin. She's moving to St. Louis. The, well, the Wisconsin, hub. and she's a, a country singer. Yeah, the hub of the music industry. Music City, St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense from well, the maybe beginning. maybe she's saving up money. She'll stay here a year, and then she'll move to Kentucky. <laughs> she's and eventually moving move, south. Eventually, right. she'll get to Nashville. Right. Mike Shannon goes, please welcome this woman. She's from Wausau, Wisconsin, and she only had enough bus fare to get to St. Louis on her way to Nashville. Please welcome. She's going to sing God Bless America for us today. Please welcome Carrie Beth Foster. Never heard of her. Nope. People are looking around at each other going, huh? Who? Are you supposed to sing? Is yeah. that you? Who's that? Second line, she's in trouble. Second line. God bless America. Okay, give me a, let me ha, let me ingest a six pack and crack cocaine. I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'm laying in bed. You awaken me at three thirty in the morning. Oh, don't allow a, you to urinate. Stick a microphone in my face and say, "Sing God bless America," or at least say the second line. Land that I love. Land of the free. Sorry. <laughs> Next. Not even close. Stand beside her. That's right. And <laughs> guide her. Good job. Three out of four. Through the night <laughs> with the light from above. Free and above now rhyme. From the mountain to the prairie. Oh, she's doing great. She'll be fine. The, somebody whose niece or cousin or aunt is this mm-hmm. down at the ballpark? Well, that's all right sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To the ocean. Now, when you think of an ocean, <laughs> you think of seaweed, mm-hmm. but that's not really a romantic sort of thought that you would Jellyfish. put in a song. Jellyfish. They you would, hurt. You, you wouldn't use that in a song. Shark attack. But, but you would think of the waves hitting the coast, Beautiful, hitting the rocks, yeah. and producing that sort of foamy look. Uh-huh. The ocean's white with foam. That's the song. The ocean's white with foam. Wild and free. <laughs> At first she sounds like she's saying la, la, la. <laughs> wild when she starts wild sounds like la la I don't know the next the maybe she sings better on an E sound than an O sound so she just changed it wild and free well you know what she doesn't sound good singing anything <laughs> okay I'm not a singer I think sing better what would have than happened this. if she'd sung foam of the people that would kick off of American Idol, you know, and before they actually get kick to the... Kick off? They wouldn't even put them on the show in the first place. You know, like the first couple of episodes of each American Idol where they're just, they're not even in the theater yet. They're just like in a hotel room and people are singing in the lobby and Simon goes, you suck, you absolutely blow, you know? So. <laughs> My home sweet home. It's not easy 
sing down there a cappella, you know. God bless America. Now, it sounds like her voice is going to go out. She's been singing for a minute and 20 seconds. Laurie can't like, even listen in her headphones anymore. <laughs> Laurie's anymore. taking her headphones off. hurting her. Here we go. Here's the big finish. My home, sweet Everybody's kind of like... Okay. Talk about shocking on. That was great. The second line. God bless America. What did she even say? Uh, Land of the free. La la la. I think. Land of the free. I tell you what. I mean, you laugh, but I'd rather have this. No. I'd rather have that. Bring Mike Ditka, the former coach of the Chicago oh, Bears, out to sing, to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Love anyway. it. A one. Yeah. And a two. Woo. And a three. <laughs> Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. All these happy Thank you, Lori. And every he word, didn't waste time. Every word correct, you know. Even <laughs> in, up, fixed, out. <laughs> the best part of that is the organist trying to keep up with it, man. It's hilarious. It's, it reminds me of that scene from Reefer Madness where the guy's playing the piano, you know. Uh, even, 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 you know, Dennis Franz, you know, oh, on, yeah, on Mother's Day would be better. Once for Harry and for all you mothers out there, Mother's Day. And a one. And mothers. Two, and mothers out there. I'm telling you, that's, that's one of the great traditions that have developed there at Wrigley Field, having other people sing that every day. day is just fabulous. Yeah. Or, as, or as Laurie said, at least get close to it. You know? Yeah. At least get close to it. Oh, brother. Wow. We try to help. Sometimes people just like it broken. That's Next opening say. day, the four of us. Yep. yep. Singing. <laughs> the four freshmen. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you it. think? We could do some little dance moves. How about, how about I introduce the three of you? Yeah. <laughs> At least I know the damn words. Aaron, why don't you start it off? Let's do it. Okay, I'll start it off. Oh, oh say, can you see? Oh, 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 o
here to my left are the Anthemites, and we're from Sarasota, Florida. Ready? Ooh, ah, I like the USA, ooh, ooh, I like the USA, ooh, it's better than Russia or China, ooh, it's better than Yugoslavia. Lights be changed at all. Alright, it's not important. Before I sing my song, I should tell you a bit about myself. My name is Mr. Robert Bob Harmon, and I currently live and work in the very exciting city of Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm an entertainer. And you know, Vegas is a, a great place, an exciting place, but originally I'm from a, a much quieter place. A place up north, out west, a place I call Portland. What a great place it is. In one 30-square-mile radius, there's more to do than almost anywhere in the world. There's hunting and fishing and boating and camping. Get on with it! I am. It's how I get into it in the actors. It's got beautiful waterfalls and gorgeous trees, but you know, it's part of a bigger place. It's part of a, a country. Can you guess which country it is? <laughs> no, it's not Denmark or Poland or Sweden or Rome. Get on with it! It's a lovely place I call home. I'm proud to say I've got a country. Got a country. I spell it A-M-E-R-I-C-A. Get off the stage! Thank you. I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over tell you one thing, I'd rather have one of those crappy versions of the National Anthem sung 
at Bush Stadium than not have anybody singing anything because we're not in the playoffs. Thursday, October 5th, 2023. Hi, you're at jcontheline.com. Nobody won the Powerball last night. The drawing on Saturday is going to be $1.4 billion. As you've heard me say before, I'm against this. When it goes after a half a billion, then you should start having multiple winners. Well, why give all of that money to one person? Spread it around, break it up. This doesn't really do anybody any good, except the guy who wins. <laughs> I guess he's going to be doing okay. It's really starting to sink in that we're not playing October baseball. You know, And I, I tell you, you never would have convinced me that this was going to shake out the way it did. I thought the Brewers had a good chance of going all the way to the World Series. The Rays, the Jays, the Marlins, the Brewers all eliminated last night. So on Saturday, it's Texas at Baltimore. The Twins... And that's, uh, you know, starting to emerge as a very interesting ball club right there. The Twins playing at Houston, the Cheaters. Arizona, much better team than I would have imagined, playing at L.A. The Dodgers will be heavily favored, but man, don't count on it. And the Phillies in Atlanta, and that really is the premier series in the second round of the playoffs. Because Atlanta is I think, if not the best team in baseball, one of the best two or three. Because we record this podcast on Thursday morning and it plays through the weekend. We do into a podcast on Friday. This may be sort of amusing by the time you actually hear this, but a real stinker of a Thursday night game tonight, Washington hosting the Bears. <laughs> Last weekend, the Bears faced a team whose defense the previous week had given up 70 points they were playing on their home field, and they still weren't favored, and they did lose. It's how bad the Bears are. And the other thing that's changed with the digital revolution, I guess you would say, is the very communal, and you know, it was a pain in the ass, but it was a fun pain in the ass. And I'm talking about going down to the stadium and trying to get playoff tickets. You're getting line tickets, and you know everybody would be wearing their Cardinal stuff. People would be talking baseball. The TV stations would come down, and you know maybe you got on TV. It was so exciting. And then somebody would come away from the ticket booth just waving the tickets in the air. I get goosebumps thinking about this. I really do, honest to God. You know they'd be waving the tickets in the air like I got them, and look at this, they're in the third row. You know, and there was so much excitement and. They call it progress, but I don't know, in in having the computers take over the world and having everything being done online and with the secondary ticket market and all that sort of stuff, the old way of doing things was the way that people liked because it was communal and it spoke to the passion of baseball fans. And also, you know, the, the digitized version of all of this, it's everything is so rigged. You know, they say, all right, you can start getting tickets at 10 o'clock on Thursday. You get online and at 10.01, they're like, sorry, we're sold out. Well, how the hell did that happen? Or, or you know, it started out with people going, okay, I was the third person in queue. And when I said, I'll, I'll pay as much as the most expensive ticket is, they go, okay, we have seats available in row 66. It's like, well, what happened to 1 through 65 in the first fucking minute? All of these things contribute to what a lot of people are sort of recognizing as the demise of Major League Baseball. Now, I have two schools of thought on that. One, yeah, they only had 19,000 people at the Rays game yesterday afternoon. Now, that's a shitty ballpark. It's really awful. And it's in the middle of the day. It's sunny and about 88 degrees outside. 
you're sitting in this uh, thing that looks like a giant roller rink. And by the way, everybody in Florida is from somewhere else. So, you know, you go walking around Tampa, St. Pete, and everybody is wearing the hat or the shirt of their favorite team from the city they moved here from. A lot of Boston fans, a lot of Yankees fans, a lot of Cubs fans, some Cardinal fans. I see Dodgers. I see everything down here. And so people move to Florida, but they don't go to the Rays games. They still watch on TV the team they followed before they moved here. And they call them the Tampa Rays. It should be the St. Petersburg Rays because that's where the ballpark is. And that's another problem. The ballpark is not near the city. It's sort of in an area that unless you were going to the ballpark, there'd be no reason for you to be around there. You know, Pittsburgh had that problem for many, many years. I remember having that discussion with Andy Van Slyke, who was playing for the Pirates at the time. And, and you remember you would watch the first and second round of the playoffs when Pittsburgh was really, really good back in the 90s. And you go, there's empty seats all over the place. It was unheard of. And Andy was like, yeah, well, you know, the ballpark's just in an area of town that people don't go to. And I'm not making excuses for Pittsburgh or Tampa. They got to figure out some way to fix this. Now, in Tampa, they're going to build a brand new ballpark. But again, it's going to be a domed stadium and it's not retractable. So that's a big mistake. But it just adds so much money to the cost of construction when you have to have a retractable roof. Now, I think this one is going to be sort of like a a little bit of Milwaukee in this thing where the sides are glass, so there should be light coming in from the sides of the stadium, which will make it less like a roller rink. And by the way, this is a a weird thing. I just As I was talking about this, I just thought of this. I don't think I've ever been to a roller rink, and I've been to many, by the way, because I was a big roller skater back in the day. I don't think I've ever been to a roller rink that had windows. Why is that? Go into a roller rink and it's usually some sort of cement blockhouse, you know, someplace you'd hide during a nuclear Armageddon. No windows in roller rinks. The one my daughter, well, she stopped going a couple of years ago and she went to the one down here. Again, no windows. The things are dark inside. But like I said, in St. Pete, they're going to build a new stadium somewhere down the line here in a couple of years. And again, no retractable roof. I think they're asking for trouble. But there's so many problems with Major League Baseball. The people who are running Major League Baseball are being influenced by the people who run like the NCAA playoffs and football and college athletics. And they're trying to make it more like that. And they don't understand that baseball isn't like that. We don't want it like that. I don't like most of the rule changes. Don't like the DH. I don't really feel like I'll ever get used to it or like it. And I softened a little bit on the playoff structure when they started adding all these teams, making it possible for instead of you used to win the pennant, you went to the World Series. Now it's getting like hockey where almost every team in the league ends up with a crack at a pennant shot. And I guess that's great for the game in that you have multiple cities now all thinking, okay, we're only a couple of games out. You know, we still got a chance, and that's probably good for ticket sales and TV ratings. I don't know that it's any better for the game. And the things they know that are hurting the appeal of Major League Baseball, they will not fix, they will not address. And that is that the ball's got to be in play more often. Major League Baseball has turned into strikeouts and home runs. There's hardly any base stealing anymore. There's hardly any advancing of the runners. Not even that much hit and run anymore. All these statistics are bullshit too. 
I remember something really sort of funny and actually embarrassing. Uh, I was on Sports Plus once. I actually was on several times. I was on Sports Plus with Frank Cusimano. Frank was nice enough to invite me and the U-Man on. I think we were getting ready to uh, go do the playoffs or something. So he said, hey, look, you know, we're going to be broadcasting from the Cardinals Hotel on the road. Why don't you put us on Sports Plus and we'll have some fun. We'll just sort of kick it around. And the show, the radio show, was so popular at the time that People liked seeing me and the U-Man together, and so they had us on. And this was right after they started with a lot of these new statistics. And, you know, they got launch angle and bat speed and, you know, I'm not against cybermetrics. I don't think cybermetrics should be running the game. I think you have to keep as much of the human element in this. But they had just uh, they had just started with this business about the quality start, the quality start. A pitcher pitches half the game, keeps the run totals down, ends up getting the win. They call it a quality start. So Kusumano says something to me about so and so, you know, had a quality start, and I said I don't think so. And he just went on to the next topic because he thought that I didn't know what quality start meant, which would have you know. <laughs> been pretty stupid for somebody to be on a sports show and not know what a quality start meant but i was taking a breath to explain why i didn't like quality start or any of this new stuff because it's all just manufactured nonsense and it doesn't mean so what quality start you just you just invented a new statistic that serves nobody so kusamano goes you know something something called quality start and i said well i don't think so and i started to you know, move on to make my point as to why I didn't think the quality start thing was any good. And he just went on to the next topic and people were like, oh, JC doesn't know what a quality start is. It's like, no, that's not what it was, but that's what it looked like. I don't blame you for thinking that. And the biggest thing that bothers me is it's, it's the whole thing is pinching just your typical average family or some guy who carries his lunchbox to work and would just like to see a baseball game once in a while. You practically have to sell one of your cars to afford tickets to a baseball game now. And when it gets into the playoffs, well, you know, it's all just, you know, turned into a corporate crowd. You can't afford the tickets. And it's it's getting worse before it's getting better. And they're starting with all this exotic food now. You know, in San Francisco, they hired a sommelier for the concession stands. A sommelier, if you don't know, is a wine expert. And you have to study and take courses and be certified. My friend Dee Dee Cohn, Andy's wife, who is, uh, they own Edgewild, out right next to Chesterfield Mall. And they had a couple other restaurants, too. She's a sommelier. You want to know something about wine? You talk to Dee Dee, she'll tell you everything. So why do you need one at a baseball game? Instead of a hot dog and a beer, you're supposed to eat tofu and hummus and a Beaujolais Nouveau. Pairs beautifully with it. And in Atlanta... A sandwich that features three glazed donuts, pickled green tomatoes, two fried chicken breasts, topped with powder sugar. You order that thing with a side of Ozempic. What in the hell is going on? Now, you recall when I started this rant, I said there's two schools of thought on this whole baseball thing. And here's the other side of the ledger, if you will. Everybody says, Football has replaced baseball as the national sport, the national pastime, and the football television ratings are outrageous, and the Super Bowl gets a billion, gazillion, trillion people, and you cannot argue against that, and the fact that the NFL is just huge. At the same time, it might be important to point out here that the NFL occupies 16 Sundays, for the most part, 16 weekends in the fall, 16 And then you have the playoffs. 
baseball is playing a game 162 times spread over a six to seven month period. On those 16 weekends in the NFL, the average attendance is about 67.5. Major League Baseball spread over 162 games, averages about 30,000. Yeah, that's that's less than half of the NFL, but they do it 162 times a year. So I've always said, when the NFL could show me, and it can't be done, but it's the point I'm trying to make, when the NFL can prove to me that they could put 30,000 people in each one of their ballparks over 162 games, then you can call it the national sport. Now that's if you're going by attendance only. And there's other aspects, I guess the word is, to determining what the national sport is. But there's a point to be made here. 30,000 people a night? across 162 games versus 67,000 only 16 times, there's still a lot of baseball fans out there, a real lot and more than you think. Travis Kelsey is having a birthday today. Speaking of football, he's 34. Gosh, I wonder what Taylor will get him or give him as the case may be. Saturday Night Live, not coming back this weekend, but the following weekend, Pete Davidson will host By the way, Jay Moore was on that podcast that Dana Carvey and David Spade do, and they said that back in the day, they dared Chris Farley to poop out of a window at 30 Rock, you know, from like 13 floors up. But you got to remember, I mean, that's in the heart of Manhattan. There's buildings all around and people sitting at their desks, and they're able to see out the window, and it looked like somebody was attempting to jump And so the police were called, and I guess everybody got in quite a bit of trouble that day. President's two-year-old dog, Commander, has now bit 11 Secret Service agents. The new theory is that the Secret Service agents are giving off bad vibes. In other words, they have very, very stern looks. That's their job. Their job is to walk around the president and make sure nobody tries to pull any shit. And one of the ways you do it is to look, you know, intimidating, to look menacing. Well, dogs pick up on that, and the dog is sitting there going, why is everybody so goddamn mean around here? They all look like they're getting ready to do something unpleasant. Take a bite out of you. Which, when I heard about it, when the story was first reported, I just laughed at it. It was like, well, that's bullshit. And the more I thought about it, it was like, you know what? There's something to that. Dogs are very intuitive. And the dog doesn't understand what the Secret Service is. And you say, well, what's the difference between that and a canine unit where a police officer, you know, has a dog? Well, that's different because you take the dog home every night. You have a relationship with the dog. You're the dog's owner and master. These Secret Service guys are just walking around giving menacing looks all the time. And the dog's been biting them. Where is Caesar Milan when you need him? And I'm not kidding either. Bring in Caesar Milan. Have you ever seen the show? He walks in the room. The dog is ripping the drywall off the studs of the living room. Caesar comes in, and in 30 seconds, the dog is laying on its back, showing its belly in a completely submissive position. So, see, maybe the dog is confused. He's like, I, I, I've heard talk that before we moved in here to the White House, there was somebody else here who used to bite people. I think his name was Stephen Miller. <laughs> There's a long way to go for that one. I know. I know. Speaking of Stephen Miller, you know who's 80 years old today? Steve Miller. As in the Steve Miller band, as in they call me 
the gangster of love. I don't mind sharing with you the idea that I was really knocked on my ass this morning when I saw this because I can remember exactly where I was in 1973 when this album came out. I was dating a young woman named Chris, Chris Smith, as a matter of fact. Tiny little thing. Her father owned, I want to say it was the Ford dealership in the town right next to DeKalb, Illinois, Sycamore, Illinois. So she came from money. She was a spoiled little thing, but we had our fun, you know? And I was in college, and I was living in the dormitories. And back then, at 10.30 every night, they put up a partition, and the women were in the women's tower, and the men were in the men's tower. And you could not go over there and just see your girlfriend and decide to spend the night. If you were going to do it, you had to do it before 10.30, and then you were stuck there all night. Because if they saw you, if they caught you coming out of the tower of the opposite sex... They could throw you out. And I don't mean throw you out for the night. I mean throw you out for good. Somebody thought this was a good idea in 1973 to separate men and women who were in college, old enough to fight in the war in Vietnam, not old enough to just spend the night at your girlfriend's place in her dormitory. But anyhow, I was up there. And by the way, every floor had 50 women and two massive bathrooms. So if you're a guy and you're spending the night and you got to go, your girlfriend had to stand outside the door to make sure no women came out of their room to go use the bathroom because you were in there. And you couldn't let the RA, the resident advisor, know that (laughs) you had a guy in your room. So we were just like terrified all the time. It accounts for my slightly jumpy temperament. I'm always afraid I'm going to get caught doing something that ostensibly isn't really wrong, but that, uh, you know, in 1973, it was a different world, okay? I tell these stories to my 14-year-old daughter, and she just can't even believe this stuff. But I remember laying in bed with her, and like every top of the hour, the radio station that we were listening to coming out of Rockford, Illinois, played the title track from this album, (laughs) Top 40 Radio, played it once an hour. Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Over and over and over again. This was 50 years ago today. 50! I have to go lie down. That's it. That's it. That's all I can take. I'm sure that's all you can take, too. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast for Thursday, October 5th, 2023, is in the can. We're here every Monday through Thursday at 11 o'clock at jconthewine.com. The radio show is on 5.30 to 10 every morning on KWOLF, 101.5 St. Louis, and still 101.7 West and beyond. We stream at kwolf.com. It'd be nice if you could spread the word and let people know that your friends and family and coworkers strangers on the street let them know that we're here doing this every weekday morning got a lot of sports to watch got a lot of weather to enjoy and in st louis it is fall 43 when you wake up on saturday and sunday morning don't forget to set your alarm i don't expect you to wake up on a sunday morning and think i wonder what jc corcoran's up to therefore if you have the presence of mind reach over and grab your cell phone right now and set it for 9 a.m so you don't forget to hear jc's roots of rock sunday show which is a great compilation of songs from the 60s 70s 80s 90s some beatles some r&b little motown in there and a couple of surprises here and there it's all brought to you by weber chevrolet we thank you for your patronage we'll talk to you again on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., back on Monday morning with the podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye.
J.C. Corcoran Podcast. 